Welcome to the Unmothered Podcast. Join me as we explore all the feelings and confusion surrounding the mother-daughter bond. Laugh with me, cry with me, and learn new ways to cope with what can be a very lonely existence without a mother to rely on. Are you ready? Let's dive in. Hi, peeps. Welcome back. Uh, We have something special, which you can see because you can see me. (laughs) So we are trying something out um, new. We'll see if this works and we will um, do live podcastings, not only audio, but now visually. So today I wanted to, there's been a subject. I'm just going to get started that way. I have a Facebook community group a private group on Facebook. You have to answer three questions and then you can join the group. Everyone has to be kind or they get kicked out of the group. I'm very um, protective of this group of women. We are at 49 members. We almost have 50 members, hoping to grow it even bigger than that. But there are three questions that you have to ask. And one of those questions is, what kind of relationship do you have with your mom currently if she is alive? I am not kidding you. Probably the last, um, I don't know, 10 people have said either just as a whole or part of their mom's personality that their mom is a narcissist which just led me to start, I just let someone else in and it was the same thing. Have a great relationship with my mom, but she's a narcissist. And I'm like, what in the world is this? Um, Why does the subject keep coming up? And so obviously, (laughs) I think God is, you know, saying that's a subject that we need to talk about and clear the air. And so I'll share a few things with you about my mom. Of course, we always like kind of go back to the story of being an unmothered. And, um, and then I'm going to give you guys some tools and just some things to think about to even define like what is a narcissistic mom. The first thing I want to tell you though, is I am not giving out professional advice. I am a coach, but I am not a therapist. I'm not a doctor. I'm not a psychiatrist or a psych, any kind of professional in that manner. And so I just want you guys to know to please take this as personal advice, advice from personal experiences that I have gone through with my own mom, but I am in no way a professional. I don't want you to take this as gospel and run with it and then say, you gave me the wrong advice and now such and such is happening. This is These are just suggestions. These are things to help you maneuver through just the whole world of living with a dysfunctional mom. And there are different title groups that Some of our moms are narcissists. Some of them are just depressed. Some of them are neglectful. I mean, there's just a whole slew of different kinds of things that your mom could be. But being a narcissist is very specific. And so I wanted to kind of deep dive into this. And funny enough, I had gotten a book a long time ago on narcissistic moms I didn't, I'm not going to recommend the book because I didn't really vibe with it. Um, I never finished it. So I kind of reopened it the other day and I remembered why I hadn't finished it. Um, It wasn't really, it was helpful in some ways, but it wasn't helpful in others. So I'll just leave it at that. There were some, I feel like some bitterness that was attached to it and 
So I don't live a life of bitterness towards my mother. I love my mom. I did love my mom. I still love my mom with her faults and all, because I understand like where that comes from. Now, that doesn't mean that I'm making excuses for her. And so that is some of the things that I want to just like get clear with you guys is how do you identify a narcissistic mother and and how do we deal with that when that, that comes up? And so we're just going to take a look at some of those things and see um, if we can do some things to save our own sanity from from these moms that just are not very giving and loving. And so so I just want to uh, start by by acknowledging like, you know, how can you identify? First of all, you have to acknowledge that your mom is a narcissist. You can't just pretend or make excuses for a mom that is constantly not for you and for her, just always for her. It's always about her. So the first thing you have to do is name what that hurt is so that you can start the healing journey. Because if you don't recognize that there's something seriously wrong in that relationship, when I start describing who this woman is, if you are someone who is constantly making excuses for your mother, for her bad behavior, then you're not ready to start this healing journey yet. You have to recognize that there's something wrong in order for you to start healing yourself. So this isn't about fixing your mom or anything like that. This is about your journey. What are you going to do with what the cards you've been dealt with, which is a dysfunctional mother? I will tell you, my mom was a narcissist in some ways. I wouldn't say that was all she was. And also, you know, if you know my story, my mom is a suspected bipolar And also she was highly depressed. And so I feel like some of her tendencies just came from being an uh, emotionally immature parent. And I'm going to talk about that in the future. So one of the things with this uh, new system that we're doing, not only are we going to do this podcast on this, I'm also going to have um, some some of the same kind of subject things on narcissistic moms for the month. We're going to be doing reels. We're going to do little videos. So um, be on the lookout on social media for the things that I'm going to talk about with narcissistic moms this month because we're just going to concentrate on that. I'm going to throw some things in the Facebook community, my private Facebook community, Unmothered, the Unmothered community. And so um, this is something we'll talk about for the month of August and then maybe in September, we'll deal with like another topic of like a dysfunctional mom and what that looks like. So I think the first thing is just recognizing there's something seriously wrong. This is what I see a lot with, with women who they feel such guilt, you know, of talking bad about their mothers. And I don't want to look at it so much as that. I don't want you to think like, oh, we're just bashing moms and we don't, we hate our moms and our moms, you know, in this book, it said like, your mom never loved you. She's never going to love you. Like, don't even expect that. And I don't buy into that. I don't believe that at all. I think worst case scenario of some, somebody's, you know, highly dysfunctional. Sure. Maybe they didn't love you. I don't think that's a blanket statement that you can throw out in a book because you don't know everyone's personal story, first of all. And second of all, you're not helping someone by just telling them to be bitter and hate their mothers because their, their mothers hate them. Like you don't know that. And so 
there is this push-pull. I know that with um, women that have these dysfunctional mothers and especially narcissists, they try to make these excuses because they feel like they're betraying their mom if they say something bad. And I understand that and I get that, but you have to name the pain. You have to understand that if there is dysfunction going on in this family and you ignore it because you think you're being a good daughter, it's going to continue on and on and on. So here's some things that you can recognize if you think that your mom is a narcissist. She's perfect. Nothing is ever her fault, but everything is your fault. She'll find fault in you over and over and turn it around. Even if it's something she did wrong, she'll twist it so that it becomes your fault because she cannot be wrong ever. My mom was like this a lot. My mom, it took her so much to admit that she had done something wrong and she would never say she was sorry. It was just like that wasn't even in her vocabulary. She was like, yeah, but if you had done this and this and this, and I wouldn't have had to do that. And so it always got twisted back around to it was actually my fault. If if I hadn't done X, Y, Z, everything would have been fine. So yes, it fell apart when she did this, but it's not her fault. Um, they tell you that you were born to help them. My mom used to tell us, why do you think I had you kids? You're supposed to be here to help me. So it was like, we had an agenda. <laughs> and a job since the day we were born. There was no other way. It was like we were there to please her and to help her relieve her stress, but she never thought about our stress and what we needed. So here's the thing. They will supply clothing and food and a roof over your head, and so you're supposed to be grateful for that, right? Um, I'm taking care of you. You're going to school. You're safe for the most part. Um, you know, you're clothed, you're fed. And so they think that that's, that's it. Like they've been a great parent because they've given you the basics of what parenting is. But when it comes to nurturing and like helping, no, you're there to help them. They're not there to help you. And so they have this all or nothing kind of thinking. Also, um, they don't live in reality. They live in their world. They they think, well, you know, if you would just do things the way I would want them done, the world would be perfect. They do this in jobs and they do this in personal life. So my mom would get several jobs and she would start out being really great in them. They loved her. Like she was a hard worker. You know, she would show up on time. She would do the extra mile. But after a while, it was like <laughs> she would look at things. So my mom was a hairdresser. But by the time she went back to being a hairdresser as a single mom, times were changing. We were going into the 70s. And so, you know, people didn't want pin curled hair anymore. People didn't want perms. They wanted, you know, straight long hair. They were starting to color their hair and all those things. And my mom would say, oh, I don't want to do that. This is what I want to do because this is what she was good at and it's what she knew. So she, her world became her reality. So she would start sabotaging and blaming other people for why all of a sudden she couldn't get along at work and people would fire her. 
And she had these excuses of like, well, if they had just done X, Y, Z, they just can't handle me because I'm right and they're wrong. And so they just let me go because they don't want to hear what I have to say because it would help their business. And I was like, no, even as a young girl, I'm like, no, I think that was more about you not listening to what they needed. So I remember one time they told her, we just need you to like help clean up for right now. And then we're going to give you some clients. So they wanted her really to pay her dues. But my mom had such an elevated view of herself. She was like, I'm that's beneath me. I don't need to sweep the floors. I don't need to clean the sinks out. You know, I don't need to help you rinse someone's hair. I should be in charge. I, I actually could be a manager. And she would say these things and they're like, okay, grandiose kind of thinking. But this is what a narcissist does. They think more highly of themselves than they should be. And so you live in their reality. They don't live in the real world or in anybody else's reality. It's their world. They always try to minimize um, what has happened. So if, you know, something has happened to you or something um, has been done to you where you're upset or you want to talk about it, they're going to tell you that it doesn't matter, that you're overreacting, that you're oversensitive, that this shouldn't even be an issue. So any kind of, you know, nurturing process of like, now I'm feeling sad or I'm feeling hurt by this situation, it's always going to be minimized. Now, the opposite is true. If something happens to them, it is bigger than life. You know, everything is a big deal if it happens to them. But if it happens to you, they don't really care. Are these traits sounding familiar? <laughs> Some of you may be going, oh my goodness, that's what my mom is. So boundaries are something, again, that are super important to have. And one of the things that they will absolutely hate, because what are boundaries? Boundaries are saying no to that person. This person being your mom. Boundaries mean you're going to put that fence line up and say no and and put a little safeguard there and, and tell her, sorry, mom, but this isn't going to happen the way you think it's going to happen because this is how I want to start doing things. They will not take that well because narcissists, everything revolves around them and their schedule revolves around them. They're, um, you know, they have no boundaries. They're, your life revolves around them, your home. Everything is on limits for them. There is no off limit. So as soon as you put a boundary line up, they are going to fight tooth and nail <laughs> to get you to change your mind. And they are going to make you feel very guilty and probably get in a fight with you because narcissists, hate when somebody tells them what to do. So this is one of those things where you have to decide what, how much do you want to be involved with your narcissistic mom and on what terms, right? And so the definition of madness is when you try something over and over and over again, expecting a different result. And this is what I see where women get stuck with their moms is they go, well, you know, I was just trying to be a good Christian. I was just trying to be loving and I was trying to go over there. And I'm like, I understand that. That's beautiful that you're trying to do that. That's also naive when you're dealing with someone who doesn't deal in reality, right? So yes, God can switch this all around if he wants to, 
But how many times does that happen? You know, God has put us on the journey not to be comfortable and to be happy all the time. He's saying like, these are lessons that we have to learn. And maybe when you learn them, you can help somebody else. (laughs) And so flawed people hurt people, hurt people, right? And flawed people are in the world and these things will happen. And you have to have the tools to be able to know how to deal with this mom. You just giving into her is not helping her. You going over there and thinking that the reaction is going to be different this time if I throw more love in there and throw more grace in there. Yes, you can do that. Yes, I have done that with my mom. And that has been thrown back in my face. Tell you a story. I may have told this before. I uh, brought my mom a bunch of clothes one time because she was supposed to come over for Christmas. And I actually, I did it more than once. I took her to the store one time. She tried on clothes. She loved them. As soon as she brought them home, two days later, and by the way, had taken all the tags off and tried them all on. When I came over two days later, she hated every single thing that she had picked out. Another time, I brought clothes over. I went out and picked them out. I asked her what colors. I knew she hated black pants. She hates everything black. She hated it. And it was like, of course, the sheet color at the time in the 80s. It was like everybody wore black. And she just was like, that's for a funeral. It's horrible. And so I found like every kind of light colored pant, you know, really pretty prints, like beautiful sweaters. And she loved them, loved them, took all the tags off. And then two days later, you know, literally picked apart every single piece of clothing. This sweater is too itchy. Why did you buy me these wide leg pants? I don't like this color. Like the day I brought them over, she was gushing about them. They're beautiful. I love them. But this is a narcissistic person, right? All of a sudden it's like, no, it's not perfect because I wasn't in charge of it. And even when she was in charge of it, it's not good enough, right? It's never good enough. And so you will break your neck trying to please them. And this is what I did in the beginning is I broke my neck trying to help my mom and be all the things for her. I had the income to be able to, you know, I could have bought her new furniture. I could have bought her new clothes. I could have, you know, I was trying to like buy my way in (laughs) to making her feel loved and gracious. I, you know, went over and cooked and cleaned for her because I wanted to buy my way in to show her what love and grace was. But here's the thing. When you're dealing with somebody who, one, may have mental illness, two, is a narcissist, three, is like a depressed person, four, is very emotionally immature, you're not going to change who they are, especially in, you know, one day of like buying them nice clothes or showing them more love. And it could take a lifetime. And so the thing is, is you have to set those boundary lines of knowing, you know, when is too much and what is enough. And so that is one of the tools I'm going to tell you is you have to set those boundary lines. You know, I talk about this all the time. I'm going to keep talking about this because Women don't do this. They don't set boundaries with their moms. I I just got a a posting from someone who her blood pressure was like sky high just from talking to her mother on the phone. And I'm like, uh, maybe you should limit those calls because that's your mental, that's your physical health, not just your mental health. And so, you know, we keep trying to go back and like make it better and make it better. And sometimes we just need to take a break. 
Now, the second thing you can do is, you know, you can pray for clarity. Ask God, you know, where where specifically can I help and where do I need to set those boundary lines? And, you know, what is the direction that you would want me to, to go at, Lord? And then the next thing it, with that is journaling. So as you're praying, as you sit and you um, read your Bible and like look at these stories and then try to relate to those things, or maybe you're reading Psalms and you're seeing these cries like David had for just like peace and, and love and forgiveness from God and just asking him like, what are the next steps? I don't know. I'm, my heart is grieving ask God, you know, give me clarity on this because I'm not sure that what I'm doing is helping. This is the thing is you may be making it worse. You may not be making it better. So I want you to journal as you pray and ask God, just let me write out some things that will help with this situation. That may mean going no contact with your mom for a while. It may mean meeting her somewhere in a neutral place. It may mean, um, you know what? I can only see you once a month because that's all my heart can handle. And, um, and just seeing like, if you do things differently, the patterns that you've had right now, if they're not working, you have to change them up. And here's the biggest thing. You cannot feel guilt over this because they have created their own journey. They have created their own life it's time for you to do that too. You need to create your own journey. You need to create your own life. And it is not soul tied to who your mom is or was or will be. It just isn't. You are two separate people on two separate journeys. So even though you are related, you are not tied to her just because she is your mother. If she is abusing you, you have a right. I'm giving you permission. You have a right to say, I'm going to put the brakes on. I'm going to take a break. I'm going to step away from the situation for a little bit. Or maybe, you know what, I'm going to have to go no contact for a little bit um, just because I, I need this for my mental health. Some of you, maybe you'll break through a little bit and, and she'll see over time, maybe I am being selfish in this thinking. If they're true narcissistic tendencies and they're not getting help for that, chances are they're not going to see your point. And that is the point is I don't want you trying to spend time changing their heart. You need to change your own and just know I love you from afar, but this is what I have to do to keep my mental health healthy. Okay. One last thing. I'm going to say this. If your mom is violent and you're in a situation where it is dangerous, then this is a whole different story. And you're going to need more than my advice. You're going to need help. And so you're you're going to have to contact authorities, maybe a professional therapist. Um, you know, I, I don't know what the situation is because I'm just throwing out some things. So I can't tell you specifically, but I'm just saying you're going to need some huge power players, right? And you absolutely have to go no contact if she's being violent or threatening to you or your family. This has happened with friends of mine who had moms that are just really ill and they were threatening and, and violent. And so, you know, there was restraining orders and that has happened. And so, 
you know, whatever you need to do to keep you and your family safe. Again, I don't want you to be naive to think, well, it's my mom. She won't do anything. Do you listen to the news? (laughs) This happens all the time where moms just go off the rails and they just, they can't take it anymore. And they will take their children and they will, they'll take their grandchildren if you have them. I hate to even like throw that out there. But the reality is, is if your mom is super violent and and just very dysfunctional to, and I mean like extremely, then that is important that you stay safe. And so I suggest no contact, find professional help, and um, and just get all the the people in play, and um, get anything that you need to protect yourself and your family, whether that's. Um, you know, changing your phone number, maybe, you know, worst case scenario, you have to move away somewhere so that she doesn't know where you are, just whatever it takes so that you can remain safe. Because the last thing I would hate to see is like somebody trying to be like very gracious and then have it end in a really bad place because they were trying one more time with somebody who was extremely violent. So that's the worst case scenario, right? Like that, that doesn't happen all the time. But I will say, um, I just want all of you to live this beautiful, safe, um, loving life. And it doesn't include trying to go over and over and over the same kind of fights with your mom if things are not changing. And so that is my episode for today. I hope you guys enjoyed it. This is a little weird being on camera. Um, for this, because normally I just love to talk into the mic and do my own thing, but, and sometimes in my slippers and um, pajamas. <laughs> I'm in a sweatshirt, so I guess that's kind of the same thing, but um, hopefully this will work and we can do this again. But I just wanted to really encourage you guys that when you're on this unmother journey, it is really something about um, taking care of you first, creating the family that you deserve and desire. And I want that for all of you peeps. And so until next time, have a great day. Thank you so much for tuning in today. If you want to get connected with other women who share your unmothered heart, head on over to my private unmothered Facebook community group. Don't forget to subscribe and leave a review for this podcast to help me share this message with other listeners. All the links mentioned in today's episode will be in the show notes below. Bye, peeps.